Psalms 92 verse 12. Psalms 92 verse 12. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Verse 15. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Verse 12 again. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a sedan. Sedar in Lebanon. You know, uh, just, just want you to understand what, what is the significance of the palm tree and the sedar of Lebanon, okay? Because only if you understand the significance of these trees, you can understand, man, this is, this is who we are. This is what God wants to bless us with. This is the kind of life that God wants to bless us with. This is our identity, right? Palm trees are, the, common, the commonality between the palm and the sedar, both are always evergreen. They're always green. The leaves are always evergreen, which means uh, greenery shows like uh, prosperous, luxurious, fullness. They're always evergreen. In fact, if you understand, palm trees are grown in the desert. Even in the desert, they are evergreen. So think about that. They are always evergreen. That's the common thing, okay? That they are, their leaves are always green. The difference is, that the palm trees are short compared to sedars, and sedars are really tall. That's one difference. And the other difference is the palm trees bear fruits. Uh, for example, the one mentioned in the Bible uh, is talking about the palm trees that give fruits as dates. Have you had dates? They are sweet. They are rich in nutrition. Uh, yeah, don't look at Jaren. Yeah, he's he just been there in Dubai like for a couple of months, right? Uh, what, what are we talking about? Palm trees that give dates, they are fruitful. Sedar trees don't give any fruit, okay? But they are tall, they're huge. So palm trees are about 40 to 60 feet. Sedar trees are about 40 to 60 meters high. That's how tall they are, okay? Uh, specifically, if you wanna know about the palm tree, palm tree obviously, they, they are fruitful, their fruits are very high in sugar and they are very nutritious. Their leaves are used for roofing, okay? And their trunk gives timber. Timber is also used for construction. Uh, the, the trunk is not softwood, not hardwood. It's so flexible that it's, it, you know, it, it, uh, it's very useful for constructing houses during that time, okay? So very useful. The interesting thing about the palm tree is that it can survive in a desert. It can flourish in a desert, right? Even though it's planted in a desert, its roots can, be, can go so deep searching for water that its leaves are always green. Think about that. You're meant to flourish at desert. You're meant to flourish in a desert, right? Now, the other thing is it can withstand storms. In the desert, there are storms, sandstorms. There are constant sandstorms that, you know, happens. And palm trees are rooted so strongly that they can withstand sandstorms. They're in the desert, they can flourish and they can withstand sandstorms. The final thing is the fruits of the palm trees, they get sweeter over age. Isn't that beautiful? As you age, the fruit becomes more 
sweeter. Isn't that beautiful? See, the world is telling you, hey, you know what? This is the best time of your life, right? So mess up as much as you can, right? Experiment as much as you can. Sleep around as much as you can, right? Because this time is not going to come back. But the Bible says the opposite. The Bible talks about growing from strength to strength. The Bible talks about your fruit is going to get sweeter as you age. You're like the palm tree, right? The cedar tree, as I told you, the cedar is tall, it's wide, and the one thing about the cedar tree is they can live for thousands of years, thousands of years. So there's longevity that comes with the trees, legacy that these trees leave. They're tall and they're magnificent, okay? And they're also useful. They're very useful. Their trunks are, you know, they're so strong that they can be used for construction. Right? Now, I want you to picture your life as the combination of palm and the sedar. The fruitfulness of the palm tree, but the stability and the strength and the durability of the sedar. The lushfulness of both the trees. Right? And the interesting thing you have to understand is the reason why these trees are so lushful, okay, they are so fruitful and they are so strong and they are so useful is because their roots are deep. Their roots are deep. The Bible says the righteous flourish like the palm and cedar. And that happens when our roots are deep. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter. You could be in a third world country, but you can still flourish. Right? You know, we, we're all looking. Everybody wants to be like Jaren, who wants to go in the Middle East, right? Because somewhere, Middle East is where everybody can prosper. But the Bible says the righteous flourish like the palm and said, ah, wherever you are. That's why the Jewish people, there's a blessing of God upon the, the Jewish people that wherever they are, they flourish. Wherever they are, they prosper because they know this. They know this, that the righteous shall flourish like the palm and the sedar. You're meant to be fruitful wherever you are. You're meant to be like the sedar tree that is tall and strong and wide and, you know, it, it can live for thousands of years, leaving a huge legacy and giving shade to so many animals and being useful and being a blessing. But the thing is, the question is, how do you get there? The question is, your roots to be deep-rooted. The more our roots are deep, we become strong outwardly. That's why I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, even though, you know, whatever you see in the outward man, it feels like it is perishing. You know, the body, you're losing hair. Ah. Paul says, the inward man is being renewed day by day. And that is what matters. Your inward man that is being renewed day by day has the capacity to overflow and transform the outward man. It has the capacity to do that. See, when I go to a bank and I deposit some money, they give me a receipt. The receipt tells me that money has been deposited. Just like that, when you are in the presence of God and you encounter His grace, the receipt is that you're transformed. Like I've been saying last week also, you know, 
we have to stay in the presence of God. We have to stay long enough in God's grace, in his word, in prayer, so that he can transform us. Don't get up unless you are transformed. Don't get up. You know, I was meditating this week and, and the Holy Spirit told me, if the word can change your heart, that same word can change your circumstances. That means, if, if I am meditating on God's word, if I'm meditating on God's word, the sign for me that this word is going to change my circumstances, the proof of that is my heart being transformed. The receipt, the receipt of my life changed is my heart being transformed. The problem is we don't stay in the word enough. We, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's do my other stuff. Let's do my other responsibilities. But if we stay in the word of God and be rooted in God's word through prayer, through meditation, through reading the scriptures, we are transformed. And as we are transformed, we know it's a receipt that everything is going to change. My life can't remain the same. It can't. It absolutely cannot. It's not possible that your hearts and my hearts are transformed and my life is still the same. It cannot be. Because it is out of the flow of the heart, right? It is out of the overflow of the heart that what I experience as life. So if you don't like your life the way you're living, that's fine, okay? That means something needs to change in your heart. And for, for your heart to change, you have to stay in God's word. And you have, to, you have to let the word of God truly transform us. If you know, if, if, if you stayed in God's word, right? You were praying and in prayer, you, you just know something shifted in your heart and your heart got transformed. You know that? That's a sign that your life has changed. You've entered a new level of glory. Until unless you don't do that, it's like, taking small steps. And that is also fine because, you know, the Lord is teaching us patience at times. But what I'm saying, I'm giving you a key. The secret is if you want to grow, right, it's not about time, but it is about how much you're staying in his presence and you are being influenced by his word and you're being influenced by his spirit. If your hearts are transformed, you can be well assured that your life is transformed. Let's read this verse, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What is Paul saying? Where should you and me be rooted? Rooted and built up in Christ. Right? Rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The secret, the secret to growth, the secret to transformation the secret for our lives to change and move into the next level of glory and into the next level of glory, the secret is the transformation of our hearts. And the transformation of our hearts cannot happen if we don't let the word and his spirit influence us. It's the ministry of the word and the ministry of his spirit that influences us, that changes us. And as our hearts are changed internally, our outward circumstances begins to change. You know, Arpan who is Pastor Emmanuel's son, I think a month ago he hurt himself and he got stitches, right? And the doctor said, for the skin to heal, the outward to heal, it will take around a week. And even after that is healed, what has happened inside, internally, the internal thing might take 
two more weeks. So in a week's time, it looks like he's all right. His head is fine. But internal healing is still taking time. A lot of times our spiritual healing is like that. It, it is not really dependent on time. It is dependent on how much we influence ourselves in God's presence, in his word, and in his spirit. It takes, that, that's the process. The longer we stay there, the faster our lives are transformed. But the problem is we don't, we don't stay there long enough. That's the problem. We don't want to stay there long enough. Why? Priorities. Our priorities are not set. We have God, then we have parents to take care of, then we have job, we have wife to take care of, responsibilities. We, you know, our priorities are not set right. But if we can set our priorities right, where the kingdom of God, God, God's word, his ministry of the spirit and the word, that's the most important thing. If you can prioritize that. And see, when I am saying this, I know everybody is nodding their heads. But I'm saying, look into your life. How do you manage your time, your expenses, your uh, energy? If you just have a reflection on that, you will see that God is not your priority. And if God was your priority, your life will be changing exponentially. It is not possible. It is not possible that we are in God's presence and our life is still the same. It's not possible. It's just, it's impossible. It's a law. It's a principle that as we, un as we, we with our unveiled faces behold him, we are being transformed from one level of glory into another. It is not possible that you see Jesus and you're not transformed. You're your level of transformation depends to the degree to which you are seeing Jesus. And that, that asks for sacrifice. When, I, when I'm talking about sacrifice, I'm saying that asks for sacrifice of your time, sacrifice of your entertainment. It asks for that. Do you know there are people in the world who are witches and sorcerers, the kind of sacrifices they do to get the kind of power they want to operate in. And still, that power comes with terms and conditions. We have a God who freely wants to give us everything. But we don't want to sacrifice our time. Our, we don't want to set our priorities right so that we can receive those things freely. But we keep having wishful thinking that one day my life will be transformed. In the future, my life will be transformed. It happens right now. Today is the day of salvation. That's what the Bible says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Listen to what he's saying. Get influenced by him because today anything is possible. Somewhere, somewhere in our hearts when we are praying, we are hoping that one day, one day these circumstances will change. One day, you know, all these things that are hoping for will change. One day, one day, one day. Why not today? Do you know when you are in the presence of God, anything is possible? Like absolutely anything is possible. I'm saying... Anything is possible. Like you can see the roof. You know, the, the there's no roof and you can see heavens open. You can see angel. Uh, forget that. I'm saying anything is possible. Your life circumstances can just change around just like that in the presence of God. Do you think, do you believe in that God who has the power to change a life just like that? But then why is that we're still, you know, one day things will change. No, today it will change. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of my transformation. 
See, every next level of blessing that you are meant to receive, that next level of blessing is waiting for an upgraded version of you, a transformed version of you. If you get that blessing before you are transformed, you will lose that blessing soon. I don't have an illustration to explain this. Every level of blessing is expecting a transformed version of you because before the transformed version of you happens and the blessing comes, the blessing will crush you. So you need, you, you need to expand and stretch within your inner being for your blessings to go into the next level. How many of you actually experience the blessings of God in finances, in emotions, in your physical life, in your relationship? How many of you? Show me your hands. Yeah, you, you have. But do you want to go to the next level that requires a transformation of your heart. And the transformation of your heart requires that you stay in God's grace, that you're rooted in his word, that you let him influence you in the ministry of word and in the ministry of prayer. It's a process. Have you made, have you cooked meat at home? You know, when you cook meat, you marinate the meat for some time. And it is said the longer you marinate the meat, the tastier it is. Why? Because the longer the masalas and the ginger garlic and the chilies, they stay on the meat, they seep in through the skin and the, you know, the spaces and the cuts that are there because of which when you actually cook, it's very tasty. We... We have to let God's word marinate our souls enough, enough so that we are transformed, so that we are transformed. I read this verse and, and, and this like blew on my face. The first mistake that you can do is go and start preaching about it without letting it transform you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a great revelation, but how long did you stay with that word? How long did you let that word transform you? Hey, Sammy, I, I know this amazing theology. Oh, you should listen to this teacher. This, you, know, you know what he said? He said this and that and this and it's so amazing, right? Oh, it blows up your mind. But have you let that word marinate your soul? That it goes deep within all the cracks of your heart and it enriches you from deep within, and it's an inside-out transformation. There's a weight of God's glory that each, each one of us carry, okay? And I'm saying, you don't necessarily have to open your mouths and speak. There are people who can be blessed by just receiving from you, just like that in the spiritual, because there's a weight of God's glory that you carry. See, what I am speaking, okay, the weight of the words that I speak has to value with how much I have received in my own heart. If I haven't received it in my own heart, there's no weight. There's no weight to it. The demons, the angels, all are saying, ha, ha, ha. He does not mean it. He does not know what he's talking about. It's like, it's like, you are never on time, okay? You never reach anywhere on time. But then 
you stand up and you give a huge speech about punctuality. Is there any weight on your words? Everybody who knows you, they'll be like, look who is speaking. That word that you receive has to transform us before you can actually speak it out. You can actually teach. But I'm, I'm not talking more about teaching, but what I'm trying to tell you is you have to let God's word marinate your hearts long enough. And how that can happen is through the scriptures, through meditation, and through prayer. It takes prayer to marinate our hearts. So it feels like, you know, I am praying, I'm sitting in God's presence. It doesn't feel like anything is happening. It feels like that, right? Nothing is happening, nothing has changed. But give it a month. Give it a month. The next time when you're talking to somebody, the other person, man, I just, I just got so blessed by whatever you said. And you're like, hey, I, I used to say this like, I used to say this always, what has changed? What has changed is your private, your secret life. Because you have let God, you have let the word of God marinate your heart. So there's that weight of God's glory that you carry within yourself. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 verse 2 to 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Whose delight? Our delight, okay? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates only in the morning. Day and night. Right? And on his law, he meditates day and night. Then what it says, he is like a tree. Does not say he shall be like a tree. He is like a tree. When you meditate on God's word day and night, you are like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Whatever you do, you might be just holding a camera and clicking a picture, you'll prosper. Whatever you do, the secret is meditating on God's word day and night. Day and night. See, it happens in your, of course, it happens in your morning devotion time when you take a longer chunk of, of your time, right? To just sit and read the scriptures and pray. Yes, it happens then, but the remnant effect of it is throughout the day and throughout the night, you're still thinking about what the Lord spoke to you. You're still thinking about what the Holy Spirit nourished you with and that is marinating your soul. Esther, Esther, when she was asked to meet the king because the king was looking for a queen and there were so many uh, girls who were getting prepared to meet the king. Do you know how long they had to prepare themselves with fragrance, with perfumes, with spices and oil? Do you know how long? They did it for one year. Just imagine, for six months, you are, you, you are perfumed and spices and oil and all of these things are being put on you. For, for, for six months, only perfume and for the next six months, only spices and all of that. Just think about it. When, you know, even when you're walking in the heat, there's like people are like, man, what's that smell? The fragrance. The fragrance that you carry comes from staying in that fragrance for a long period of time. So even after you've left that whole process, you're still carrying that within you. Even if it is sweaty, that sweat carries your fragrance. 
it beautifies you know like jeremy always says he has this thing that uh, amplifies your sweat and transforms it to a fragrance if you don't know what i'm talking about talk to him but i'm saying if you stay in that fragrance long enough even the things that are supposed to sting starts to smell good because it has been marinated has gone deep into every pores of your skin so i'm just saying think about it think about what the word can do if these natural things can do so much right you apply deodorant in the morning and it stays for thankfully for 8 hours if those natural things can stay how much more can god's word stay and transform our lives how much more stay in god's word stay in god's word let him influence you let him influence you because it's very easy our default setting is to be influenced by the world our default setting is that we are constantly watching stuff we are our eyes and our ears are constantly listening and hearing things and we've developed a belief system that is contrary to god's word and you and me are thinking i don't know why my life is not changing of course your life is not changing because you haven't stayed in god's word you're staying in the world so our struggle is because we are staying in the world our struggle is to fight the temptations of its influences and get concentrated in god's word to be rooted how do, how can that happen through scriptures and prayer through scriptures and prayer god really god's desire is for us to be blessed the reason god's desire is for us to be blessed is so that he can prove his covenant with us it's a receipt a blessing of god is a receipt that i have a covenant with you it's a receipt so that when people see the blessings of god that is upon our lives they are like okay the supernatural it's divine he does not cheat he does not lie but still his business is prospering it has to be supernatural power of god it is completely divine because you go in the business world you only see cheating and lying and stealing but when the blessings of god comes upon you people people encounter that and they recognize this is divine this is absolutely divine it's not by natural strength that's why deuteronomy 8 the lord says don't forget that all these blessings that you have is because don't think that it's because of your strength don't forget that i am the lord who has given you the ability and the strength to make wealth so that i can confirm my covenant with you deuteronomy 8 so the lord wants you to be blessed yes the lord wants you to be blessed but how can you move from one level of blessing into another is being rooted and fixing your eyes on jesus there's nothing else does it take sacrifice of your time yes does it take sacrifice of your entertainment yes does it take sacrifice of all the other things that you could have done yes but tell me something which one is worth it which one is worth it if you truly believe that god can absolutely change your life if you truly believe that then will you allow him to influence your life will you make a commitment today to influence your life it's not i'm not talking about going to heaven not going to heaven you know if you don't do this you will not go to heaven i'm not talking about all of that i'm talking about right now right here you experiencing a fruitful life like 
the psalmist says, the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon. If that's the kind of life that you want to live, being a blessing to the people around you, will you make a commitment today that I will dedicate my life to be rooted in the word of God and to be influenced by his spirit? Please don't complain. Don't complain about your life. Don't try to make these rational plans. What, what the Lord can do in the supernatural, your rational plans might take another 40 years. But it really expects your commitment. Because you know why? The Lord is a gentleman. The Lord is a gentleman. The other day, I was talking to Sahil and he said something. And this was my question to him. Just because your house is messy, for example, you know, your rooms are messy, does that mean that God loves you less? Whose responsibility is to clean your house? Whose responsibility is to clean your rooms? But somewhere, we, we are always blaming God. Lord, I don't know why am I not blessed. Don't you love me enough? Of course God loves you. But do you even have the hunger to change, to be transformed? Do you even have the hunger to get on to the next level? Or are you just content where you are? We think, we think that we want to grow. We think, so we have these wishful desires. Oh, I want to grow spiritually, I want to grow you know, financially, I want to be a blessing, I will give this. Oh, Lord, you know what, if you give me one lakh rupees, I'm sure I'll give 20,000 to the building fund. Wishful thinking. It's just wishful thinking. Today is the day of salvation. Today, how do you posture your heart? Today. Not tomorrow, not 10 days later, not when you have money in your bank balance. Today, how do you posture your heart? Today, are you like, God, have all of me so that I can have all of you? All of God will require all of you. But if it's just 50%, it's just you know, only things when I like or when I want or it doesn't work like that. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He says, therefore, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer yourselves as Living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. So will it take something from you? Yes. It'll take your time. It'll take your energy. It'll take your finances. It'll stretch your mindset. It will, it'll, it'll, it will require for your ego to die. It will require for your logical mind to be, you know, to kept aside. Will it require something of you? Yes, it will require all of that. But what it gives in return is nothing compared to what you have sacrificed. So even though you're suffering in this present circumstances, for even though our suffering is but of a short time, behold the glory that will be revealed in us. Stay in God's... Stay rooted in God's word, guys. Prioritize him. Prioritize him in everything and anything that you do. Prioritize him. I'll give you some, some practical things, okay? How do you prioritize your, how do you prioritize God in your finances? The moment income comes, you separate out and you say, Lord, because I prioritize you, because I believe that you are the source of my money, 
I give this money, I return this money as tight. That's priority. It's, you're not doing out of obligation. You're not doing because if you don't tithe, God is going to curse you. No, but you, you, it's, it's priority. It's the condition of the heart. It's the condition of the heart. Why, why do I ask people to come early on Sundays or to the church or come early on Wednesday? Don't wait till the last minute. Priority, setting your hearts right. Priority. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that you do? Open your phone, Instagram, and just checking reels one after the other. It never satisfies you. You also know that, but you're still going. Prioritize. I'm just saying prioritize. In the little things, prioritize. What's the first thing that you do when you wake up? What's the last thing that you do when you're sleeping? Prioritize. I'm saying it's in these little things that you set priorities that will make an ordinary person great. The difference between an ordinary person and a great person is just these little things, just minute details. You'll see they also eat dal roti, they also eat the same chicken. The only difference is in these little things where they have prioritized God than anything else. Did you get anything? May God bless you guys. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you and Father, we pray that this will be the cry of our heart. This will, we will have a yearning in our hearts. And Father, we know that we can't do this by our own strength. We need your grace. So we ask you for your grace. We ask you for your supernatural grace and mercy to stir within our hearts so that our eyes are on the kingdom, so that our eyes are focused on you. Father, for we know that the power of darkness and our flesh wants to point us back to ourselves. But today, Father, we ask for your fresh mercies and your grace that is upon grace, upon grace, your superabundant grace to change our hearts so that our priorities are set right in our lives. Father, more than anything, more than anything, we desire you. More than anything, we desire you. Set our priorities right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.